0: Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to my weekly From My Mama's Kitchen Talk radio show. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will discuss Chicken Soup's latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Simply Happy, a crash course in chicken soup for the soul, advice, and wisdom. Good morning, Amy. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning?
1: I am just plain simply happy.
0: Wonderful. It is a pleasure to have you on the air to talk about your personal chicken soup book. Simply Happy is just an excellent read. Thank you for sharing your personal story as well as the simple ways to create a happy, confident, and positive life. And by the way, the official release date, my understanding is for this book, is on October the 4th, which is next Tuesday. So congratulations.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be giving you a sneak peek at the book.
0: I love it. Love it. Totally love the book. Why did you decide to write this book?
1: Well, what happened was I was writing a lot of newspaper columns, and I also wrote a lot of my personal stories for inclusion in dozens of our books over the years. And then I also felt that I had just changed so much as a result of reading and editing all these stories, and our VP of Marketing at the time, this was probably two or three years ago said you should really take your newspaper columns and all these other things that you've written and you Mm -hmm. should put them together in a book and so first I thought all right I'll just take all my newspaper columns and I'll just mush them together into a book I had something like a hundred columns and I thought Mm -hmm. well that's like a 200 page book right there no problem (laughs) and so I kind of organized all the newspaper columns and then tried to make them into a book, and it didn't work at all. And I was supposed to put out the book in October of 2015. Mm -hmm. And I have a very nice publisher, that's me, who gave me Mm -hmm. another year to get it done, because as it turned (laughs) out, I couldn't take my newspaper columns and mush them together into a book. I had to write the book 100% from scratch, Mm-hmm. And so I spent some very intense months this year writing this book from scratch, and it is so much better because I did it the right way. And so mm-hmm. it's a year past when I expected to put it out, and I am so happy with it as a result. It's it's an entirely different book than I had originally envisioned.
0: It is beautifully done. I love the new format, of course, which you introduced with the previous book, The Power of Gratitude. I love this simply because the way it was designed, and it's very personalized. I love the pictures you have in the book as well. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: So I decided that since our contributors share so much about themselves when they write their stories for our books, that it was time for me to do that same unselfish thing And really share some personal stories. And so I really shared. I got into health problems. I got into a surgery I recently had. I talked about our four children. I really got into everything. And I think that made it more powerful. And I also included a lot of pictures from my life. And a lot of them I didn't even have digitally. So we were trying to scan Mm -hmm. them you know some mm-hmm. of them like i had a picture from when i went on wall street week which was mm-hmm. oh my gosh when was that that was like the early 80s and mm-hmm. so i just had this picture that was on my wall in a frame i couldn't even get it out of the frame so we were scanning it you know with the <laughs> frame on you can kind of see it in the book it's a little blurry but it was the mm-hmm. best i could do but um yeah a lot of a lot of personal stories but they all tie into All of these essentials for becoming a happier person, because that's the key thing that I learned through my life, which has been Mm -hmm. rather eclectic in terms of being a Wall Street person and then turning into a chicken soup person. But also, I learned so much from the tens of thousands of chicken soup for the soul stories that I've read. So I just Mm -hmm. distilled all of that advice and wisdom from all of those people, thousands of people, plus my own life, into this volume. So this is really everything I've got to give people. Mm -hmm. And so I hope Mm -hmm. that they really like it. I've been getting amazing emails from some of the people who got advanced copies and Uh it's making me feel really good about destroying my entire summer to get this done.
0: (laughs) It's a wonderful investment on your end. My favorite picture, actually, is the one with you and Richard Simmons.
1: Oh, yeah, that is a great (laughs) picture. Yeah, and and I like him a lot. Uh I know he's disappeared, and people are saying, like, what happened to him. All I can say is that when I worked with him, which was a few years ago, he was fabulous. I mean, he was, Mm -hmm. first Uh of all, he's a really good writer he gave his material to me right on time he is he was so professional so business like he was an absolute pleasure to work with and then when i went and did the workout at his gym in los angeles it was hard that was a really <laughs> hard workout and he was just jumping around i mean he was in such good shape and the people in the in the the gym i mean and it was packed i mean it was absolutely packed Uh, Mm -hmm. The people there were in such great shape. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I was very, very impressed with him. I'm sorry that he seems to have disappeared. Hopefully, it's just that he's taking a well-deserved rest. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful picture. I thought it was really cute. You have a bunch of wonderful pictures in there. and One of the things that I thought was really cool was I didn't even realize that you were on QVC. Everybody wants to be on QVC, and you were on QVC, so that was kind of Oh God,
1: I was so bad at that. <laughs> oh God, so QVC. I was, I was just, I was awful. Maybe if I ever go back, I'll, I'll figure it out better. But here's how uh-huh. it works. I've done plenty of TV interviews. I've been doing them since I was in my early 20s. So I'm very mm-hmm. accustomed to going on television. And they always tell you, don't look at the camera, right? right look at the right. interviewer. And the camera will just film you talking to the interviewer. But on QVC, you're supposed to look at the camera because you're supposed to turn and talk to the viewing audience and explain to them why they should buy your chicken soup for the soul books. And they tell you, you have to look at the camera that has the red light on. And there are three cameras. But the way that the guest is angled in the chair, you can't see all three cameras without turning your head a little and flicking your eyes around, whereas the host can see all three cameras. She's angled mm-hmm. so she can see all three, but I'm mm-hmm. angled towards her. I could only see one yeah. camera. And so I must have looked so furtive and sneaky because I was turning my head, uh, flicking my eyes around, trying to figure out which camera had the red light on it so I could look at that camera. Then the red light would move, and I'd be thinking, oh, shoot, now i got to find the red light again. And so it was like a carnival game, try to find the red light. So anyway, there's definitely room for improvement for my performance on QVC.
0: How has chicken soup changed you personally and your family?
1: Well, I think it has changed me because I've been exposed Mm. to so much of humanity, and I In your normal life, you are not exposed to this many stories about the ups and downs of other people's lives. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you go to work, you're at your family, whatever, you see the same people over and over. But I've gotten to know the intimate details of the lives of tens of thousands of other people. So it's almost like being a psychologist, I guess. I mean, I see tens of thousands of case studies. And when people Mm -hmm. write a chicken soup for the soul story, they're writing about the most important events in their lives. So I've seen so much heartache and heartbreak, and then I've seen so much good stuff as well. But it has definitely made me way more aware of how lucky I am, how lucky my husband and I are that we have four healthy, happy, successful children, that we don't have any terrible diseases that we live in a nice house and we have food to eat and we have cars to get in to drive to work. And it just makes you so aware of all the blessings in your life when you're exposed to so many people's stories.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. When you guys took the task of wanting to buy chicken soup, I thought that was a wonderful story because you guys came in from Wall Street to Main Street. And in reading your book, one of the things that was very interesting, of course, Bill handled the financial side and so forth, and you were put in the task of really finding out what you guys are buying, which is reading the books. And it just dawned on me, you are an analyst. So this is right up your alley, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and I could have done the financial side of it also because I was a Wall Mm -hmm. Street analyst, and I used to analyze companies, you know, from – Analyzing the psyches of the of the management team yeah. of the companies right down to every right. little minute detail of their financial right. reports, including the things they didn't want Wall Street to know about. I would figure those things <laughs> out too. I mean, I was actually a pretty scary analyst because I would not only put out buy recommendations on stocks but I would put out sell recommendations. So I approach uh. everything skeptically, and everything has to mm-hmm. prove itself to me. So when we right. were presented with the opportunity to buy Chicken Soup for the Soul, he went and worked on the legal side, you know, mm-hmm. the trademarks, copyrights, um, and he worked on the financial side, and I worked on the yeah. content side. I wanted to see what this right. was all about. And so I sat down, yeah. and I read more than 100 of the old books. It took mm-hmm. me about three months, so I was reading more than a book a day. And mm-hmm. I just acquainted myself with the library, And remember, I was going at it with that skeptical, cynical attitude, and I was blown away by the power of the stories. I actually found that I had to change my contact lenses more often because (laughs) I would be laughing, but you know how you can laugh to the point of crying, and then I would actually be crying uh, also. And I had all this salt from my tears, and it was ruining my contact lenses.
0: (laughs) Well, I met Bill and you in Houston, and I'm so glad I did. I have a lot of respect for you guys and this is not being disrespectful to Bill here, but I thought that the fact that you are the one reading the book, the content, I think made a whole lot of difference because there's something about out of respect here. Being a woman, I think you are much more thorough in reading all these wonderful emotional stories that really moved you in a different way. So You really grasp the content of the subject, I guess, from that perspective.
1: I think that's true. I mean, Bill cares about a good, heartwarming story, but he also Yeah, yeah really yeah. prefers stories where missiles blow things up. <laughs> and I prefer <laughs> stories where relationships <laughs> blow up, you know?
0: <laughs> that's what I meant from that perspective. I thought the partnership you all have in terms of addressing this particular company was terrific because it just kinda of really a wonderful thorough combination from his end and then on your end. I thought the work division was perfect from that standpoint of view. And obviously, it's proven in the pudding. I mean, look at it nine years later now.
1: Nine years much. later. So, yeah, yeah, and the goals that we had when we bought the company were to continue this wonderful legacy from Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen and continue presenting you know, stories in every book from ordinary people who are recounting extraordinary experiences and how they were changed by those experiences and they're passing on their best tips and advice and wisdom, and we also had a goal to use the company to support uh, good nonprofits and to make a difference in the world. So we're making a difference with the content of the stories because the books Mm. truly are life-changing for the people who read them, but we're also making a difference with the revenues from the Mm. books and from all our other Chicken Soup for the Soul products because we have a very large charitable giving Mission, and we have uh, well we've supported a lot of different charities over the years we've supported the alzheimer 's Association, we support the Bob Woodruff Foundation, which works with returning uh, wounded warriors we mm-hmm. uh, have supported all different organizations. I would say what we really focus on right now is we are big supporters of American Humane formerly called American Humane Association. They just changed their name. And they do so much good work with animals, everything from zoo animals to farm animals to domestic pets. And we are big dog and cat lovers here. And so we work with them a lot to help shelters. And then we also are very big in our bullying prevention program. And that's when you met us in Houston. We were down Mm -hmm. meeting Dr. Milton Boniuk, who is Mm -hmm. the incredibly generous philanthropist who is supporting this anti-bullying program and helping to roll it out in schools nationwide at a very affordable price for the schools because of his support. So I'm really excited that I guess our two key efforts right now are this nationwide Mm -hmm. anti-bullying program and the support of the shelters. We have a new uh, thing we're doing with our dog food and our cat food, too, which is the kind of thing we envisioned when we bought the company. We're actually donating, um, I think it's a pound of food to a shelter in the local area of you know, the customers mm-hmm. when they buy any, any one of our dog food products or cat food products. Even if it's just one can, we donate a pound of food to a shelter, and we are hoping that we will provide a million meals to dogs and cats in shelters mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. year. And it looks like we're on track to do that. So it's been really fun. Our goals when we bought the company have definitely been realized.
0: Wonderful. Presuming now, too, you guys are really refining the goals and continue to expand your vision for the future.
1: Yeah, we we are. For example, and this is going to be news to you, we just announced, mm-hmm. um, gosh, what is today, Tuesday? I think we announced this mm-hmm. late last week. We announced that... Um, we, we bought a majority interest in a company called A+, which is Ashton Kutcher's positive journalism website. Mm-hmm. And we're working with Ashton Kutcher now to take mm-hmm. all of the positive journalism from A+, combine it with all of these positive stories from Chicken Soup for the Soul, and spread this positive message even more on the web. And, it, of course, it really mm-hmm. strengthens Our ability to reach millennials as well, so we're really excited about this work we're doing with Ashton Kutcher, and we met with him a couple of weeks ago out um, Mm -hmm. out at Warner Brothers, where he was filming The Ranch, which um, has Mm -hmm. just started. I guess they just started filming the second season, but we're excited Mm -hmm. about that. There's always something new and fun going on at Chicken Soup for the Soul.
0: Fantastic. One of the questions I was going to ask you is that, being that Chicken Soup has been so successful in the publishing industry well over, what now, close to 20 years. Yeah, 23 years. Yeah, 23 years, and this success has obviously permeated throughout the world as well. Is chicken soup relevant? That's the big question. And then, of course, follow-up to that is is chicken soup going to be relevant to the millennials? And I'm so glad you mentioned the millennials just now because that's going to be a huge factor going down within the next 5, 10 years.
1: Yeah, so here's the good thing. When you're putting out a book a month, you're always changing, and you can always address whatever the new most important topics are. So that's why a couple of years ago I did a book about recovering from traumatic brain injuries because that's become a big deal now, right? We have our returning soldiers we have our sports injuries. We have people who just got hit in the face with a door. But all of a sudden, we're, we're really paying attention to the fact that there are more than 3 million traumatic brain injuries just in the United States each year. I also did a book about raising children on the autism spectrum because that's a big thing that everybody's paying attention to now. And I think our self-help books, And our books about faith and messages from heaven and angels and miracles have all evolved and have stayed relevant. One thing that's cool is that when we took over the company, I changed the way we do the titling of the books. It used to be Chicken Mm -hmm. Soup for the Something Soul, which was Mm -hmm. a little limiting. And now it's Chicken Soup for the Soul and then whatever title we want, which enables me – to do any topic I want, any book that I personally would like to read, I just go and I make that book. And Mm -hmm. I think that that has helped. And then, of course, for millennials, well, first of all, everybody at every age is is a human being, and we all have the same issues. I mean, I remember hearing my father-in-law, when he became a widower, complain about this woman he was dating and how, she just wanted to be home every night by 11 so she could watch reruns of Sex and the City. And I was thinking, maybe well, you be 25 <laughs> years old and say that, right? People don't really change at any age. But right. I, I think when I did the Simply Happy book, I was very attuned to the needs of millennials because I passed on a lot of advice and tips that I wish I had been given when I was in my 20s mm-hmm. and 30s. A lot of things about self-confidence, self-esteem, just saying, yes, I can do that, even if you're not sure you can Just say yes anyway, and then somehow you'll figure out how to do it. There are so many messages in the Simply Happy book that are very relevant to millennials. One, because I vividly remember those years, and so Mm -hmm. I wanted to pass on what I've learned to the people coming up behind me. And two, because I have four children who are millennials, And I see exactly what they're going through. They range in age from 27 to 37. And so I know what's going on in their lives right now. I'm watching dating and proposals Mm -hmm. and weddings Mm -hmm. getting planned and children being thought about and all of that and new homes and new careers and changing careers and all of that. Yeah, I'm very millennial oriented in what we do, and I think that we are finding that millennials who were raised with Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul are now flocking to the books because they're realizing that these messages about positivity and confidence and rebooting your life, et cetera, are right on target for where they are figuring out their lives.
0: So true, so true. Let us talk about the book itself, Simply Happy. You started out the book with a wonderful story about Tracy Fitzgerald, please share that story with us.
1: Okay, this is one of my favorite things that ever happened, even though it involves something very sad. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, when you're when you're working as hard as we are, fan mail really makes a difference. You really do care. You want to know that you're making a difference. And we were blown away a few years ago when. On the night of April 12, 2011, we got an email from a 20-year-old newly married military wife named Tracy Fitzgerald, and she's an example of a millennial who had been a big fan of the Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul books, so when she heard about Chicken Soup for the Military Wife Soul, she rushed out to buy it because Tracy's husband Griffin was in the Army. And he had been deployed to Afghanistan for a 12-month tour, just one month earlier. They were expecting their first child, a little girl, and he wasn't even going to be home in time to see his daughter born. So Tracy started reading Military wife's Soul, and she told us that she had read a story the night before she wrote us the email, and the story was about a woman who got a call from her husband saying that he had been shot and seriously injured. And Tracy started thinking about, how would I handle it if I got that kind of phone call? And what would I do if my husband, for example, lost his legs? And how would we manage? And how difficult would it be? And she thought it through, and then she had this mental image of her and her husband Griffin and her daughter when she's five years old, and Griffin was wearing you know, a prosthetic leg, And she went to sleep thinking about that and thinking, we'll be fine no matter what happens. Well, she was woken in the morning by a phone call from her husband, Griffin. And first, she was thrilled. She said, oh, my gosh, are you coming home early? And he said, no, I'm coming home because I was hit by an IED. And the bomb had blown off his right leg from the knee down and injured his hands as well. And so... She went right back to that story she had just read the night before Mm -hmm. and that vision that she had had that everything would be fine. And she got through it. And so she wrote to us that day and said, I just got this news and I was completely prepared for it because I had read that story in Chicken Soup for the Military Wife Soul the night before. And so I'm sure you're getting shivers right now just hearing this.
0: It
1: It was just really something for us. And I ended up keeping in touch with Tracy. She's just lovely. And Sure enough, she sent me a picture a few months ago, and the picture of is her with her five-year-old daughter, just as she had in that vision, her husband with his prosthetic leg, and she's also holding her two-year-old son. And it's a beautiful picture, and they're mm-hmm. doing just fine. Uh, and so I put that story and this beautiful picture of this beautiful family in our book.
0: I'm so glad you did that because it just adds so much to the story. It's about, like they say, a picture speaks a thousand words. The story in itself, I think it's just a wonderful story for you to start off the book with.
1: Yeah, it's one of my favorites. And I just, I I have a smile on my face right now looking at the picture of this beautiful <laughs> family, just as she yeah. envisioned that night before she went to sleep.
0: In the end, Amy... This story is what Chicken Soup is all about.
1: That is true. It really is. And that's what makes all of this hard work worthwhile Mm -hmm. because I work seven days a week, and my whole team works so hard. But we're all so passionate about what we do because we know that every story we select and edit and proofread and carefully put in one of our books has the potential to have the kind of power that we saw in that story that was read by Tracy mm-hmm. Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm.
0: So true. Let's talk about a smile and the life-changing impact it has on people. And I know you talk about you have a smile just now, so let's talk about it. And the book is about happy, so let's talk about it.
1: All right, so here's my easiest piece of advice ever. <laughs> Remember that a smile is like a boomerang, right? You know what a boomerang is. You toss it out there and it's supposed to come right back at you if you know what you're doing. Of course, for most of us, we throw a boomerang and it's like we threw a stick. It just lies there, right? It doesn't (laughs) come back. But Mm -hmm. you throw a smile out there. You smile at even the grumpiest person, the sternest-looking person who looks like he's having a bad day as you walk by him on the sidewalk. And chances are he's going to smile back. You walk into a store And the cashier is looking a little grumpy. Maybe she's having a bad day. Maybe someone else didn't show up for work that day. And you smile at her, and she's going to smile back at you. And then she might smile at the next person, and that person will go and smile at somebody else. And that smile that you threw out there at 7 in the morning might turn into 100 smiles that day that wouldn't have occurred otherwise. And what happens when you smile at people is they treat you differently First of all, it changes how you feel just by the act of smiling. But also when you smile and you show that there's an open, caring, accessible person behind that face, people will view you that way. And so Mm -hmm. it changes everything when you smile. And I know it sounds so trite and it sounds so obvious. But one of the things that I did in this book is I reminded us of those obvious things that we know we know but we just forget to implement them. So some of the tips in this book are as easy as that. They take one second. And, you know, they also are things where if you practice, they'll start coming to you naturally. If you just start smiling at everybody, all of a sudden you'll be doing it naturally. and You won't have to remind yourself. And I have numerous examples in the chapter about smiling, Mm -hmm. of how smiling changed specific people's lives.
0: So true. I love it. That is, to me, a universal language in a way as well.
1: You're right, it is. You don't have to speak the same
0: language. Mm -hmm.
1: You're right. Mm -hmm. When you go to a foreign country and you can't speak the language, if you smile, you're making a connection.
0: That's correct. The chapter that I really like as well, and this is very interesting, how has striving for excellence instead of perfection changed your perspective about life?
1: Well, when you send a book to the printer every month, you learn that perfection is not possible because I can't really explain it, but somehow there are typos that I guarantee you are invisible until I've printed 50,000 copies of a book, and then all of a sudden they pop out and say, Hello there, we just (laughs) found one yesterday in our Christmas book that's coming out. Oh,
0: um, my gosh! It's
1: coming out October 18th, and Story 42 has the number 40 at the top of it. And I looked oh, at it, and our head of production looked at it. And <laughs> we all looked at it, and I can't even explain how we all uh-huh. could have missed that. It's, yeah. just, it's just ridiculous. But I swear these typos will not emerge <laughs> until I've printed 50,000 copies of a book. I have to have spent a lot of money before the typos will make themselves known.
0: <laughs> so, so anyway, I've learned
1: that striving for perfection is mm-hmm. a losing game, and you can't strive for, for, for perfection. And I had to learn that also being a multitasking mom because I was working yeah. and I was raising children and I was being a wife and I was being a volunteer. So here's how I look at it because I like math and I'm very analytical. You cannot do 100%. There's, you cannot be 100% on anything, even if you only do one thing. You cannot get to 100%. Maybe if you only do one thing, you can get to 99% but you'll never get to 100. But if you're trying to do a bunch of things like work, be a mom, and be a wife, maybe you're going to get to 90% on each of those things. But your 90% might look like 99% to someone else anyway if you have a type A personality. But here's how I look at it. If I'm 90% as good as I can be as a wife, as a mother, and as a worker, That's 90 times 3. That's 270 points I'm awarding myself. And if I only did one thing, I'd get to 99. So I'm going to strive for excellence, not perfection, and take my higher score and have a fuller, broader, more diverse life.
0: That's a wonderful advice. I imagine it is a tough deal for you in terms of being an analyst because you want it to be precise and concise. And it's difficult to let go.
1: Yeah, it is, but I've learned that you have to. And so this typo that we learned about yesterday after printing, I think, Mm 100,000 copies of the book, um, I'm dealing with it. I'm okay with it. I might be talking about (laughs) it on an interview, though, (laughs) but I'm getting it out of my system.
0: Well, you could always call for a weekend party and equip everyone with liquid paper.
1: Oh, well, here's the funniest thing. Okay, so the story the story in the Christmas book that has uh-huh. the number 40 at the top of it, when it's supposed to have the number 42 at the top of it, that story happens uh-huh. to be by Sarah Matson. Now, uh-huh. guess whose story is the centerpiece of Chapter 3 of the book? Chapter 3 uh-huh. is Simply Happy, the one that says you should strive for excellence, not perfection. Uh-huh. The story uh-huh. I cite in Chapter 3 is by Sarah Matson. It's a story she wrote for a different one of our books. So, quite a coincidence, that happens to be my latest horrible typo. It's on her story in the Christmas book. Hopefully, she will be quite understanding, having been the one who wrote a great story about how people make mistakes.
0: Amy, all you have to do is to let her know that, hey, you know, this is intentional so that it emphasizes you.
1: That's right.
0: you have several chapters that are really exciting but the one that kind of stood out to me is making friends with your body i thought this was a very interesting chapter and it's in a way it's much needed in some ways in today's world
1: yes and this is an example of how chicken soup for the soul is very relevant because mm-hmm. i actually started working on a new book on this topic Uh, more than a year ago, and the book is going to come out on December 27th, right in time for what's Mm -hmm. called New Year, New You, and it's like an anti-New Year's resolution book. The book is going to be called Curvy and Confident, and I teamed up with supermodel Emmy, who you may remember Mm -hmm. as the world's first full-figured supermodel. Mm -hmm. And Emmy is a beautiful, healthy, athletic woman who is not a size 2, She's tall, and she's athletic, and she's strong, and she's a larger woman, and she's curvy, and she's confident about her curviness. And so this chapter is about how you should be making friends with your body. This is the body you were issued at birth. You're not going to change it into someone else's body. Just be fit and happy within the body that you were issued at birth. Love it. Mm -hmm. Nurture it. That means feed it properly. And use it. And that means exercise in whatever way makes you happy. If you love walking and listening to audiobooks, do that. If you love going to a gym and, I don't know, punching a punching bag, do that. If you mm-hmm. like ballroom dancing, do that. Whatever way you like to use your body, just get out and use your body that way. And so this is consistent with our whole theme about being positive and confident and promoting self-esteem, and this is a theme that has become very relevant in society. You had Curvy Barbie come out, right? Early in 2016, Mm -hmm. they came out with Short Barbie and Tall Barbie and Curvy Barbie and all these different kinds of Barbies. You had Sports Illustrated, for the first time, use larger women as swimsuit models, Mm -hmm. and you have Lane Bryant now with bus ads all over the place showing their line of sexy, beautiful clothing for larger women. There's a real movement going on, and we are right there with it.
0: That's fabulous. That's fantastic. Other chapters in the book are dedicated to personal motivation. As you know, motivation is always an important chapter in our life, and you have some wonderful chapters that's dedicated to that. How do we embrace the power from within to excel in life?
1: Well, I think if you read chapters 6, 7 and 8 and I think these are very important for people of all ages including people just starting out in their adult lives. Mm-hmm. You'll learn what I learned, you know, as a as a 20 something and a 30 something, which is that mm-hmm. you need to pretend to be the person you want to be. If you just say, oh, no, I've never done that before. I can't do that. You're not going to be happy, and you're not going to move forward in your life. What you have to do is say, hmm, somebody just asked me to do this. So they think I'm capable of it. I'm just going to say yes, and then I'm going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so I have numerous examples in Chapter 6 of people pretending to be a certain person and then discovering, Whoa, I am that person. One woman was very, very shy, painfully shy. And she said, I'm going to pretend not to be shy. And she just forced herself to pretend to be uh, a, a person who would go up to a stranger at a cocktail party and just start talking. And lo and behold, she became that non shy person. And in chapter seven, I talk about how you can expect things of other people. And if you just go up to somebody and you expect them to do something for you, and you act like there's not even any question about it. They're just going to do it. It's amazing how often they will do it. I've used that throughout my life, and you're really Mm -hmm. getting people to rise to their best level also when you just go to them with an open face and you expect them to do something for you. And then Chapter 8 is actually something I never had trouble with, and that is being bold and speaking out if you see something wrong. And I tell yeah. a story in the book about how I got kicked out of English class in 12th grade and because I stood up against this teacher, and I almost didn't graduate from high school as a result, but <laughs> it all worked out okay. I graduated yeah. from high school. My mother had to intervene and save my butt, but she did. <laughs> but I still believe that being bold and speaking yeah. out against injustice yeah. is the right way to go.
0: Yeah, yeah, so true. The chapter I also like is Find Your Happy. Why is this human experience so important in our life?
1: So what I say in Chapter 10 is that in order to be happy, you need to bring some purpose and passion into your life. Now, that doesn't mean that everything you do all day has to be top of your list. Let's say you have a job that just pays the bills and you don't love it. It's fine. You go do that job for eight hours a day, but then do something that you're passionate about or do something purposeful. You know, go to that job from 9 to 5, and then go volunteer at the dog shelter or go to tap dancing class because you're passionate about it. But make sure that every day you bring some kind of purpose or passion into your life. It doesn't have to be your job. You don't have to go quit your job. It just means you have to do something each day that does help you find that happiness within you because you really, you really have to do that in order to feel that you're leading a full
0: life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. Happiness can come from the standpoint of if you just enjoy just sitting for an hour to watch a TV show, that's okay.
1: Yeah, There's and no I'm very into
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. me
1: time. Taking that time. Yeah, yeah. it's
0: a me time. Yeah, it's a me time. Me
1: time is important. I have me time. I try to stop work by 10 o'clock each night and have that hour from 10 to 11 to watch a TV show on the DVR or read a magazine or do my nails, whatever it is. But I need that hour. Even when I was raising my kids when they were little, Mm -hmm. that hour from 10 to 11 p.m. was sacred. And if they, Mm. I don't know, they wanted to get up or claim they needed water or they were scared or whatever, I would say, this is my hour. You can't invade my one (laughs) hour of the day. That's for me.
0: (laughs) Very interesting. This chapter is really cool, and I'm being facetious here. Why should we listen to our mother forever?
1: All right. We get so many stories (laughs) about people who have experiences where Their mothers come to them in dreams or in premonitions or whatever and give them really good advice. And no matter how it happens, the fact is that you should listen to your mother forever. And if your mother has passed on, you know what she would have said, right? So Mm -hmm. you can still channel her. You can still Mm -hmm. channel her advice because you know exactly what she would have said. Now, we do have some stories in this book about messages from heaven, um, mm. really weird coincidences, what I call the unexplainable. We have a lot of stories right. about the unexplainable in here, including one case where a mother diagnosed a life-threatening condition that her daughter had, and the doctor couldn't even figure it out. And and this woman just finally said, look, my mother said I have a blood clot, you have to deal with it. And it turned out she did, and if it hadn't been treated you know what happens with a blood clot. It can travel up to your brain and you stroke out. And so it was a very important thing that she listened to this dream where her mother came to her and told her, you have to go to the doctor and tell me you have a blood clot.
0: That's very insightful. And it's like you say, it's very scary in a way.
1: Yeah. So listen to your mother. Keep doing it.
0: <laughs> and prior to that chapter, my mom is an alien. I thought that was really funny.
1: Well, yeah, I told my kids – you'll have to read the book. I told my kids I was an alien. There's a whole story. They believed me, at least for a little while. Yeah. I raised my children in a very unusual way, and every time I I meet somebody who has kids, I just say, just read Chapter 12. It will change your life. Just read Chapter 12 because it's my best tips. And I raised my kids with some very unconventional methods. And it made it so much easier. Even their teenage years were a breeze using these methods.
0: That's fantastic. How does practicing gratitude makes us happier and healthier?
1: I don't think you can actually be happy if you are not grateful for what you have in your life, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't see the good in what you have, then you're never going to be satisfied. And also, it really affects your relationships. If you are not a grateful person, if you're always complaining, you always want more, nothing is good enough for you, nobody's right. going to want to hang out with you. It's going to affect your relationships at work, at school, in your community, and in your own home. So I think that gratitude is one of the absolute essentials. And so I talk about it a lot because science has found that half of us are born with a naturally grateful attitude. We naturally will see the good things in our lives. And half of us are not born with that trait. But the great mm-hmm. thing about this trait, especially since it's such a necessary trait, is that it's one you can add on later. You can actually practice gratitude until it becomes a natural trait for you. And so I have numerous tips in here for how you can do that. A lot of people start making a list each day, one thing, three things, five things that they write down. There are all different methods that you can use to make gratitude part of your persona.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. One of the most powerful words in our vocabulary is the power of no. This is sometimes very, very important in our life. I know you have used this very well, and we talk about this in previous shows, but let's talk about that again. Why is the power of no important in our life?
1: We only have 24 hours in a day. And we have people and things that really matter to us. And so we have to evaluate every single commitment we make, everything we put on our calendars with an eye to, if I do this, is it going to take me away from the people I love or the things that I love doing? Everything has to be evaluated that way. And I think that most of us, it's built into our DNA. We want to be helpful. We want to say yes. Mm-hmm. But you can't say yes to every volunteer commitment. You can't say yes every time someone asks you to do something. You have to protect your calendar. And if you say yes to something that's not that important to you, it means you're saying no to something that really matters more to you, whether it's a person or a different activity. And so I am emphatic about using the power of no. And the interesting thing, is, and you'll see it in the stories in chapter Mm -hmm. 19, Mm -hmm. is that You can say no. And once you break the ice and you start saying no, you realize that people will say, okay, I'll just call the next person on my list. You can get away with saying no. Mm -hmm. And that allows you to say yes to the things that really matter.
0: So true. You also share six easy tips for reducing stress. What are they?
1: Well, one of them is to remember to use positive thinking. And Here's an easy example with uh, Christmas coming along. Let's say you have to park at the far, 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 far end of the you know, parking lot at the mall, and you're, work, you're walking a quarter of a mile to get into the mall. Well, you just have to spin it, and you have to say to yourself, oh, this is good because I didn't have time to exercise today, and now I'm forced to walk a quarter mile to the mall, so this is good. I'm getting a walk-in. You just have to take everything and reframe it and redefine it in a more positive way. Another tip for reducing stress is to remember to count your blessings. Let's say you're really, really busy. You have so much going on. Well, it's because you have a life that is interesting and it's filled with people that you care about and things that you care about doing. So the reason you're overwhelmed and you have so much to do is because you have a full and wonderful life and if you have a million things to do for your kids well you wanted those kids you love having those kids you love doing things for those kids whatever it is you signed up for it so you have to embrace that busyness instead of letting it stress you out as long as you remember my third tip which is to use the power of no so say no and make sure that that very full life that you have is focused on the things that matter to you by saying no to the things that don't matter. And then tip four, and we've already talked about this, but a great way to reduce stress is to remember that it's not going to be perfect. So just make it excellent, but it will never be perfect. And perfection is a losing game, as I said before. Mm -hmm. So don't try to play that game. Tip five goes back to chapter five, which is take care of yourself, love yourself, nurture yourself, don't skip a meal, and use your body, exercise, get some panting going on each day, breathe heavier for 20 minutes, pull that oxygen in deeper. And then tip six, and this is something that I do all the time, is take that massive to-do list that you have and carve it into little tiny pieces so Instead of looking at the forest, you know how they say, look Mm -hmm, at the forest, mm -hmm. not the trees? Forget it. Turn that forest into lots of trees and turn those trees into tiny little saplings (laughs) and do one little thing at a time. And that's the only way I can approach my massive to-do list.
0: Very interesting. Wonderful tips. One of the favorite stories that I like that you included in your book is The Power of Forgiveness. How do forgiveness set us free?
1: The thing about forgiveness is that more often than not, the person you're mad at isn't suffering at all. The only person who's suffering because you're carrying all of this anger and resentment and hurt is yourself. You're the one who's wearing, imagine like a heavy cloak that you're wearing on your shoulders, and it's this heavy cloak of resentment and anger and hurt. And then think about the person you're mad at and you're wearing this heavy cloak because of that person. And then think about whether that other person even knows. You're not hurting the other person by wearing this heavy cloak. You're only hurting yourself. And then think through to, well, did the person really do it on purpose? Did the person blow Mm -hmm. up my relationship with him or her on purpose, or did the person just kind of stink at the relationship? Did the person really do these things on purpose to you? Was it really even about you? Or is the person Mm -hmm. just going through stuff and you were, you got the fallout and then shrug that heavy cloak of resentment and anger off your shoulders and let it fall to the ground and walk forward lighter and freer Mm -hmm. because you're the person who's being hurt. And then the other thing that I always do is I think to myself, all right, that person hurt me. That person made my life more difficult. That person somehow detracted from my happiness. But that person is stuck with being himself or herself. I am so lucky that I am not that person who does those kinds of things. And that mm-hmm. makes me feel better because I'm not that person. I still get to be me. And it really helps me to not be hurt mm-hmm. by that other person's mm-hmm. bad behavior.
0: Mm-hmm. So true, though. What would you like for the readers to gain from reading Simply Happy?
1: I would like them to come away from the book knowing that there are so many really simple, easy-to-implement tips that you can incorporate into your life. You can actually become happier in one day, and any one of the tips in this book will change your life. You don't have to do all 25 or 30 of them that are spread throughout the book, but any one of them will make a change. So you could try to just do one, and then in another week, try another one. And before you know it, your life will be going a lot better.
0: Mm-hmm. So true. The book is designed beautifully in terms of you have 26 chapters, and each of the chapters really focus on specific things with all the tips that are built into it and the stories built into it. But what I like about it as well, this is a wonderful book that gives people out there an insight look at chicken soup. And, of course, you and your wonderful team.
1: Yeah, I tried to give people a look inside the company and what goes on here every day, how we go about deciding on the books that we're going to make, how we get the stories in because we crowdsource everything, how we choose the Mm -hmm. stories and curate the stories to go into the books, and just the whole thought process. And I think that they probably got an inside look at what goes on inside this 23-year-old company, which is you know, mm-hmm. such a beloved brand worldwide. Um, yeah, I tried to really share a lot of that because people are fascinated by how this actually happens. How do we get all of these great stories that we put in these books? And then I introduced um, the readers to more than 60 of the stories that have had a big impact mm-hmm. on me. And so it's fun mm-hmm. because... As you're going through the book, you get these real-life examples from 60-plus people, and I think it makes it have more impact because I always think we learn best when we learn from other people's stories, right? That's how mankind has shared advice and wisdom and culture Mm -hmm. for thousands of years, right, telling stories around the campfire. Right.
0: Right, so true. Where can someone go to buy the book?
1: So the book is going to be carried big time by Rite Aid drugstores. So look at it at Rite Aid. It's on Amazon. It's at Barnes & Noble online and in the stores. It's at Books a Million. It's at your independent bookstore. Um, it's at Walmart.com. It's at Target.com. It's all over the place. If uh, a particular store doesn't have it, you can always get it on Amazon. And I Actually, I priced it really well because normally – a book mm-hmm. like this, which represents you know so much work, <laughs> normally a book like this would be ninety five but I kept it yes. at our normal price of fourteen ninety five and then of mm-hmm. course, most people are discounting it even beyond that, so uh, I tried to make it very accessible for people because yeah, we're in business, and of course we want to make a profit on a book, and we have to cover all of our costs and everything and have our money to mm-hmm. contribute a charity, but um, Mm -hmm. I really wanted people to get this book in their hands. And it's also available, by the way, as an e-book, and the Mm e-book includes the pictures and all the nice graphic design inside the book as well.
0: Right. Wonderful. The holiday season is coming up. What is Chicken Soup planning for the next few months?
1: Oh, we have so many books coming up, and this is one of the reasons why I had such a crazy summer, because (laughs) this summer... I got um, I got this book to the printer on August 1st. Then I got our Christmas book, which is called uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul: The Joy of Christmas. I got that to the printer August 15th. And then we have a book coming out on November 1st, which I got to the printer August 29th, and it's called Chicken Soup for the Soul: Angels and Miracles. So I got mm-hmm. three books to the printer in August. My team is amazing. We all worked so hard. We don't take a vacation in the summer. We all take our vacations in the fall in the publishing department here because the summer is when we're getting ready for Christmas. So we Mm -hmm. have the Power of Gratitude book out right now that you and I have already talked about, which is a great book, really wonderful for Thanksgiving. What a hostess gift, right? You bring the Power Mm -hmm. of Gratitude book to your hostess for Thanksgiving. Then we have my Simply Happy book, then we have our Joy of Christmas book, which is really, really fun. And then we have this really cool Angels and Miracles book with all these stories that will just blow you away because you just can't explain these stories. So we're going to have quite a Christmas season. And then we have the dog and cat food where for every purchase <laughs> we're giving food to the shelters. So it's a wonderful the, – the, the Christmas season is shaping up to be really wonderful over here in Chicken Soup for the Soul Land. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, and we have a new television show coming out in November. Oh, I forgot to tell you about this. This show is so much fun. It's called Project Dad, and in this show, we have three celebrity dads who are left Uh alone with their children for 72 hours, and we see what happens. Oh no! <laughs> I know, and like nobody would make a show about a mom being left alone with her kids for seventy two hours right but somehow, when it's a dad, it becomes a really fun show
0: <laughs> that would be interesting <laughs> yeah it's it's really we, good.
1: I've seen some of the early um the early you know footage uh-huh. from it, and I saw the first episode, yeah. and it was great. it was really great. I can't wait to see the next episode.
0: Is this going to be a weekly episode for the next several yeah. weeks? It yeah. will
1: be starting in November, and it's going to be on Discovery and TLC and I think another channel, but I'm not in our television business, so I don't know all the details. But it's yeah. called Project Dad, so people will be able to see that. You know, If you see that, if yeah. somebody talking yeah. about Project Dad, it's definitely, it's definitely going to be worth watching. And then we're starting our second season, I think, mm-hmm. next week for um, our Chicken Soup for the Souls Hidden Heroes show. Right. right. It's on the CBS Dream Team every Saturday morning, Mm -hmm. Sunday mornings in some markets, but it's on weekend Mm -hmm. mornings, and that's Mm -hmm. a great show for families to watch together. It's really great messaging for kids about kindness and tolerance Mm -hmm. and respect and compassion.
0: Wonderful. As we're coming close to the end of the show, what wonderful recipes For living you would like to share with our listeners this morning
1: i think that my recipe for living would be some of the key points that i made in the simply happy book and so you and i have already gone over some of them but why don't i add a few more points we already talked about um smiling and and not being so critical of yourself and and being happy with the body that you were given and um Expecting people to rise to the challenge, but here's a recipe for living that I think is really important, and I summarize it in the chapter that's called "Use the guest soap okay mm-hmm. so here's 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 what I say: You know how you have the powder room and you have the soap in there, and it's mm-hmm. like a little more expensive than your normal soap, and you put it there mm-hmm. for the guests and you have the nice right. little towels in there, and you never touch them, or if you touch them, you like dry your hand on the back of them okay. <laughs> Use the good towels. Use the guest soap. Get the fancy, fancier coffee at Starbucks. Pay the extra 60 cents for the fancier coffee. Um, treat yourself the way that you would have guessed. Treat yeah. your kids the way that you would have guessed. Treat your spouse the way you would have guessed. Everybody deserves that same treatment that you would give to a guest. And so I would add that on to my recipe for living on top of everything else that we've discussed in this hour.
0: That's a wonderful recipe for living because what happens is that we treat someone else better than we do treat ourselves, and this is a wonderful reminder that, you know, wait a minute now. Actually, we are the king. We are the queen of the house, (laughs) and we deserve this.
1: Absolutely. You deserve to treat yourself as well as you would treat a guest. Use the good china. You know, get the slightly more expensive food at the store if you can, but Give yourself star treatment.
0: Right, so true. Amy, thank you for the wonderful recipes for living. Thank for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, thank you for being with us. Please join me in two weeks on Tuesday morning, October 11th. My guest will be Alan Vesberg. He is a life recalibration expert, creator of Seamless Method, and the author of The New Love Triangle, a practical guide, to a love-filled life. For additional information about show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Amy, it is always a pleasure to have you on the air with me. Congratulations again on your awesome book and have a wonderful blessed day.
1: Thank you very much. Goodbye, Johnny.
0: Goodbye.